Welcome to the Taking Cancer On podcast, brought to you by Beringer Ingelheim and presented by me, Sebastian Hermelin. In this series, we seek to demystify the role of Big Pharma in developing cancer treatments, and in doing so, I want to take you on a deep dive into the lives of our very special guests. What are their North Stars? Why are they so committed to what they do? And what are their hopes for the future? Join us on this journey and remember to subscribe to the series and share the podcast with others who are inspired to take cancer on. Welcome to uh, today's episode of the Taking Cancer On podcast. Today we're going to introduce a new topic and discuss immunotherapies and immunology. And this topic is sometimes called immuno-oncology, and I've even heard the term immuno. Uh, but in order to iron this out, we have two expert guests with us today. First out is Petra Bloom. She's the team leader of global clinical development in oncology at Berger Ingelheim. And we also have Jose Barueco. He's the executive director and also team leader of global clinical development in oncology at Berger Ingelheim. So welcome and uh, thank you for being part of the show. Thank you, Sebastian. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, Petra, I'm going to direct the first question to you. We heard a lot of terms in the beginning, immuno-oncology, immunotherapies, immuno, immunology, etc. Uh, is there a difference? And if so, what's the difference? Thanks for the question, Sebastian. It's sometimes used um, as overlapping terms. And immunology, for me, is the science of how the body's immune system works. And cancer immunology, often also referred to as immuno-oncology, is how this immune system works in the context of cancer. So how does our own immune system recognize and fight cancer cells? Cancer immunotherapy is, for me, the treatment of cancer by using immunologic principles. So using therapies that can make the body's own immune system the remedy. Very good. So obviously the topic of today is immunotherapies. We have two expert guests with us. It would be good for the audience, I think, to get more of an introduction to the two of you. Uh, you have similar roles, but I know that you're located in different parts of the world. So Jose, where are you located? Uh, what's your history and how did you wind up at Beringer Ingelheim? So um, I am uh, currently based in Richfield, Connecticut. This is the headquarters of Beringer Ingelheim in the U.S. And here we focus on uh, a lot of the research that happens for immuno-oncology. My own experience started in academia. I trained at the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center from there. My professional career uh, has taken me through different facets of oncology, and I've uh, had the opportunity to work uh, from very early stages where we really only had blunt treatments uh, such as um, uh, the chemotherapies. And, and throughout, I've observed the, uh, the evolution of the treatment of cancer to more targeted therapies. And now at, at Beringer Ingelheim, I've now had the opportunity to bring that experience and knowledge to a very focused area where we are marshalling the immune system as well as uh, developing cancer cell-directed therapies. 
And Petra, you're located and based in another part of the world. Tell us. Yes, I'm located in southern Germany. Um, I started my career in a large um, hematology and oncology cancer center in southern Germany and uh, for many years treated uh, cancer patients um, with various types of tumors there. During that time, I realized that progress in cancer care was mainly driven by novel drugs and cancer patients are in need of better therapies. And that's when I decided to move into industry and I moved to Beringer Ingelheim where I'm now leading a team of clinical program leaders who are dedicated to develop new immunotherapies to treat cancer. And the focus of my group is mainly on oncolytic viruses, uh, cancer vaccine, and so-called innate immune stimulators, which is a class of drugs that can pretty much trigger a new immune response. Very interesting. And I mean, a lot has happened in cancer research over the last decades. So when it comes to cancer immunology and sort of enabling um, the human body's own immune system to fight cancer, I mean, how would, you, how would you explain this? How does it actually work? Well, if I can get this started, I think the immune system always can recognize cancer, but somehow the cancer cells develop methods to evade this recognition. So in principle, the capabilities are there, but somehow the cancer at the moment, or until recently, was the stronger partner in that fight. And I think what happened with the evolution of cancer immunotherapies was that we learned how to modify the balanced immune response to really attack cancers by enhancing the body's own capabilities that are pre-existing but not strong enough. Jose, would you like to, to add to Petra's yeah. explanation here? Yeah, and, and I, I completely agree with everything that Petra just shared. I, I, my personal view is uh, of the immune system. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's as if we're marshalling an army and, and the immune system is a, is a very um, uh, finely tuned army that has many components to it and over our lifetimes it, it has a very strong role as a surveillance of both foreign entry into the body as well as uh, cells that are developing that are becoming um, uh, wrong or, or that need to be removed from the body and so the immune system recognizes these these cells over the over our lifetime and uh, either uh, eliminates them or, or removes them somehow from the system. Cancer is one of those cells that, that changes over time and becomes um, different from the normal cell. And the immune system learns to recognize it. However, cancer is very clever and develops um, mechanisms to evade the immune system. And so what we are trying to do now is to um, uh, allow or, or, or stimulate or, or, or focus on the immune system to um, recognize again the differences between cancer and normal cells and try to remove these cancer cells from the system. The therapies that we're using are, are trying to either unmask the cancer or stimulate the immune system to recognize cancer so that it can attack it. 
in a, in a way that it is beneficial for the patient. Do you think that this is the part of science that will sort of make us win the war against cancer? Or how would you explain immunotherapies today? Immunotherapy is, I I think, a a major advance that we have made in the war against cancer. I think that we now uh, are beginning to understand the um, complexities and the subtleties of the immune system. We have begun to um, identify specific targets in the immune system that will unmask the cancer cells. They also will um, uh, stimulate the immune system. So the the so-called checkpoint inhibitors that have been very successful new therapies that have been introduced uh, act to stimulate one of the major parts of the immune system, the, the T cells, to attack the, um, the cancer cells. And, and so this represents a, a major development from in our war against cancer, but, but it is a first step. There are many different other opportunities that we have that we need to develop our sophistication to the point where we can marshal those other aspects of the immune system to also either act complementary to checkpoint inhibitors or develop new approaches where we use the immune system to attack cancer. I think there's one other element we we might not forget, and that's the immune system can identify cancer cells and destroy them. But if you have large tumors, it's just very hard for the immune cells to get in. And this is where I feel there's a second um, element of cancer care that is very important, and that's cancer-directed drugs. So you need drugs that specifically kill cancer cells, but in a more specific way than the old chemotherapy drugs by targeting specific abnormalities of certain cancers. And I think the idea is that those drugs may help in the fight of cancer as do the cancer immunotherapy drugs in a complementary fashion. And ultimately, if we find an intelligent way to combine those two elements, I think that's, for me, the highest likelihood to really cure cancer in the end. So am I right in my assumption to say that immunotherapies might be proved more effective in the early stages? Or is that a wrongful assumption by me? That is where we're going right now. And I think the work that is uh, really actively being pursued at this point is to move immunotherapies to the earlier stages of treatment because of the opportunities that it offers us uh, in terms of, of addressing this. And that's what I've understood as well. And I mean, when comparing this to um, chemotherapy and other ways of dealing with cancer, Petra, what would you say is the biggest differentiator? Well, I, I think there are big differences. Any drug that you introduce to the body, like chemo, that aims to kill cells will have side effects because it cannot selectively hit the tumor cell without hitting healthy cells. And that is, for me, the, the, the biggest difference to the old-fashioned chemo, where once a cell is dead, it's dead, so you can't rescue it. While with the regulated immune system, you can alleviate side effects in a much more sophisticated fashion. What we've discussed 
so far, uh, Petra and Jose, uh, brings us to a new part of this podcast, which is that we have actually asked our audience what they want to know and what they want to learn from this specific episode. I'm just going to read out the question now. So what causes our body's immune system to sometimes attack the wrong cells? For example, healthy tissue cells instead of the cancer cells. So who's willing to answer? Petra. Yes. <laughs> I, I think the immune checkpoints, and this is what we mostly look at, we look at the available PD-1 targeting antibodies um, the immune checkpoints are balancing the immune system between being activated and uh, being inhibited. And that balance is by adding this, this type of antibody um, shifted towards the immune activation. So the immune system gets stronger in recognizing the cancer and fighting it. And if you block this system, you shift the recognition of other antigens that are non-cancer antigens to being better recognized or pre-existing immune responses that are suppressed by your own body's immune system, they can suddenly live up and, and work. So what we see is autoimmune phenomena by just the fact that the immune system is more active and has the opportunity to also recognize your body's own cells, not only the cancer. Very interesting. And thank you for a very clear explanation of how that actually happens. So, uh, Jose, I'm going to ask you a question now. So, I mean, we've spoken about uh, cancer immunology more broadly. We've talked about uh, its implications, uh, benefits, uh, some possible challenges, uh, but also how it differs from more traditional and old school uh, treatment options. Uh, so what, what is being done within this space uh, within your team and Beringer Ingelheim today? Berenger Ingelheim has uh, focused our research into four major areas uh, that we define as T-cell engagers, cancer vaccines, oncolytic viruses, and immune and stromal modulating agents. Within, within the pipeline of Berenger Ingelheim, we are trying to develop novel combinations that would benefit individuals with cancer and would benefit the approaches that individuals and their doctors have to be able to treat cancer. And we approach this by combining different modalities, some of which stimulate the immune system, others that reduce the immune suppression that happens at the level of the cancer cell itself. So there are two sides to the immune process, and we are trying to very strongly focus on improving the response that these patients and these tumors that do not normally respond to immune therapy, so-called cold tumors, uh, and turning them into responsive tumors or hot tumors to be able to then improve the outcome for these patients as well. And I have to be honest, I've actually heard um, researchers talking about cold tumors before and turning them hot. But uh, can you explain to the listeners what this actually means and how important is this? How big of a problem is cold tumors? So cold tumors are probably the major challenge we are facing now. And we have had a great deal of success uh, 
um, treating many different tumors and, and beyond where we were able to achieve prior to being able to marshal the immune system. But there are still individuals and there are still tumors that do not respond as well to these immune therapies. And so it becomes probably the, the, the major area of study today to try to find ways to uh, turn these so-called cold tumors into hot tumors or, or tumors that are responsive to immune therapy. And what makes a tumor cold versus hot are many different mechanisms. And it, it could be, for example, the types of tumor microenvironment or the way that the tumor finds some of these ways to evade the immune system, trying to break through some of these evasive mechanisms that the tumor has co-opted from our normal cells. Uh, the tumor tries to mask itself into being recognized as normal, one of the good guys, good tissue, normal tissue, don't attack me kind of uh, 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 mask that the tumor will wear, we're trying to then remove that mask or remove these inhibitory processes and mechanisms that the tumor has put in place so that the immune system can recognize it and attack it. I think it's mind-boggling just to think how far we've actually come, that we're not just introducing drugs to the body trying to kill off the cancer, but we're actually enhancing the body's own defense mechanism, right? Is there anything in particular that you would like to mention that you're extra excited about? Well, I, I personally, I'm extra excited about the possibilities that the oncolytic viruses offer. And there is some very few today, but some examples where this has already worked. Beringer Ingelheim specifically has one platform that is called VSV, vesicular stomatitis virus. If a tumor cell is infected with the virus. The tumor cell can't get rid of the virus and the virus in the tumor cell can proliferate and kill the cell. So for me, the virus platform is a very appealing principle to direct the immune response right to the tumor and preserve healthy cells from virus-related side effects. That sounds very promising. And while on the topic we have the second uh, crowdsourced question for this episode, which is, why have there been no vaccines developed for cancer? So Petra, if you would like to shine a light on, on this question and more specifically the answer. Thanks. I think um, to have a, a wider view on the cancer vaccines, we need to probably acknowledge that there are vaccines help preventing cancer. But where we still have not yet succeeded is the development of, of vaccines which can treat established cancers. So once somebody suffers from a cancer, we can't treat it successfully yet with a cancer vaccine. Looking to the past, there are a couple of reasons why this might not have worked out despite we expect that cancer vaccines are an effective therapeutic principle. We have now access to a variety of drugs or principles which can enhance the response to a cancer vaccine, which are called adjuvants. And we have now the immune checkpoint inhibitors 
which helped to sustain the response against the cancer that has been initiated by the cancer vaccines. And all those principles now are being explored in quite a number of trials to treat established cancer. And we hope that some of those trials turns out to be positive. So we are hoping that the combination of a peptide vaccine plus a virus-based element can help overcoming the shortcomings of, of cancer vaccines. Very interesting answer. And I, I would uh, love to talk more about this. Uh, vaccines is obviously very, very interesting and the potential is, is huge. So we have arrived uh, near to the end of this podcast episode. And I mean, it would be very interesting to hear from both you, Petra and Jose, uh, what lies in the future for yourselves and your teams, uh, but also Beringer Ingelheim as a whole when it comes to immunotherapies. I think there's a tremendous amount of basic and clinical research ongoing. And not only the drugs we currently have in the pipeline, but other mechanisms are emerging. And I am very confident that we will see novel drugs with um, very different modes of action that can direct the immune system towards the tumor in the upcoming years. For me, the overarching goal is the cure of cancer, or at least a long-term control, even in very advanced settings. And it helps me personally to also overcome the, the frustration of drugs that may not um, result in the desired activity and keep going and, and investing my energy into novel principles and novel combinations that may be more promising. Very nice. That's, it sends out a very uh, hopeful energy. Jose, would you mind answering the same question? So as, as we progress and as we uh, um, continue in our quest to conquer cancer, we, we build upon the knowledge that we have already created. And this knowledge allows us to improve upon our successes. And we have had great successes. The, the, this, this major milestone that we have now crossed in terms of harnessing the immune system to attack cancer has opened up a number of, of new opportunities, new venues that we can continue to explore to improve upon these therapies. So the knowledge that we have developed helps us then to fine-tune, improve upon existing therapies, but also identify new targets, new mechanisms that we can then use to develop new treatments that would expand then beyond where we are today in terms of patient benefit. I know that I am part of a very large group of individuals who are extremely dedicated and extremely focused and persistent upon finding new cures, new treatments for cancer to address the unmet need for the individuals with cancer. And I am extremely hopeful that we will succeed in this fight with cancer. That's great. That's really, really good. My takeaway from doing these um, podcasts a lot of times is that I can really sense sort of where your energy comes from. 
that it comes from a very genuine place. Uh, and it's so nice to hear from sort of being from my perspective. And I think it's very nice to hear from people are, that are affected by cancer, which I mean, almost everybody knows someone that has gone through or is going through cancer, right? So uh, you're sending out a very positive message. And um, yeah, thank you for that. So now you've heard from two experts in the field, Jose Barueco and Petra Blum, both currently team leaders of global clinical development in oncology at Beringer Ingelheim. They've shared their perspectives on cancer immunology and immunotherapies, the difference between the two, what work is being done in this field at Beringer Ingelheim, and what the future of cancer immunotherapy has to hold. Thank you to our audience members who asked questions. We hope the answers and our discussions in general have provided some valuable insight into the fascinating area of oncology. My thanks again to our fantastic guests, Petra and Jose, and I hope that you'll all agree that this has been a very interesting episode. To keep up to date on new podcast episodes, you can follow at Beringer on Twitter or at Beringer Ingelheim on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at Seb Hermelin. We also encourage you to reach out to us with any feedback or questions that you might have. And if you'd like to hear more, then please subscribe to the podcast series and share this podcast with anyone else who is taking cancer on.